Oh yeah, I'm Barry Moran, and you're listening to Mayo Are Back. How are we lads? Con Mort here, Mayo Are Back. Look at guys, you're listening to one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. It's Mayo Are Back. Angelina Nugent speaking, just wanted to say, uh, Mayo Are Back. Hello, this is Kim Jong-un, and welcome to the Mayo Are Back podcast. How do you? Pope Francis here, Mayo Are Back. Mayo Are Fucking Back. Let them say what they like about Mayo people, but Mayo supporters are the best supporters in the world. Hello folks and a big how do to one and all. You're very, very welcome to the Mayo Are Back podcast, season four, episode 10. It's a triumphant podcast today, guys. We have lifted the curse of home, Ellie. We are in the back end of the race for Samuel L. Maguire. And you're listening to myself, TJ, and my comrade, Fat Larry. Fat Larry, how do? Well, a very good how do to you, TJ. We've done it. We have emerged from the Gulag, which is Ballyhane. Our first Connacht title win post Ballyhane. It's been a long time. It's been five long, arduous years. But we have to say they've also been glorious ones. And we won't forget the great people, those two men, Pat and Noel, who have given us so, so much and who have really, I suppose, helped us to manifest ourselves into, you know, probably the best Mayo GA podcast. And I think a lot of people will agree. So we move on, but we also have to give thanks and we'll be doing that over the next hour or so. Now, there'll be some listeners who will be all too familiar with what you're talking about there, Fat Larry, but there will be some newer listeners that have jumped on the bandwagon in more recent times who may not understand the significance and may not have even ever heard of a little townland called Ballyhane. But I suppose if you'd like to take us back to that famous night in question and just give a very brief, very brief, yeah. short overview and synopsis of what happened. Well, I'm sure there's going to be some listeners who might be kind of tuning in now and saying, like, what the hell are these lads talking about? Mm. But the reality is, I suppose, it is that if it wasn't for the great men, Pat and Noel, and those awful men who annexed them so many years ago in the Ballyhane Clubhouse, this juggernaut of a Mayo football podcast and Twitter and Instagram page probably would never have taken off the ground in the first place. I suppose we just felt so aggrieved by what happened in Ballyhane all those years ago that we felt the need to, you know, spread the word and, you know, to get justice for these um, two great men. And justice was indeed served in Seoul till the last day. We managed to win a Connacht title without some of the evil, evil men, you know, who got rid of Homeli. You're talking about guys like Deputy Anil Dinnell, of course, who is one of the of key course. the key holders of the Ballyhane Clubhouse, and his good friend Randy Moran as well, who is, you know, despite everything, one of the key instigators behind the light of the Night of the Long Knives. And Randy of, was in mm. fact played such a huge and pivotal role in those double sackings that he was actually offered to be the main proprietor of Ballyhane Clubhouse. Now, as it turns out, he had to turn it down because the county council had already built a gym and given that to him. So he didn't need to have a clubhouse as well. But it obviously has a very significant place in his heart from the night yes. that they decided to absolutely shaft our double mangership ticket. Well, you know, Randy was also an ex- you know, he was a very, very safe key holder to the Ballyhane Clubhouse. So I suppose that's why the county council put their trust in him to look after the free gym that he got. Um, but, you know, those days are behind us now, really. You know, we've moved on from it. 
Andy, of course, is he's still there in a new role. Now, of course, he's absolutely everywhere. You can't avoid him. You know, you can probably hear him just as much as us at this stage. No more than ourselves. He's turned into another shit talker. Absolutely. And I tell you, and Andy will probably, he'll, he'll admit to this as well. I'd say he's enjoying talking shit. And now he can kind of see from our point of view just how great it is and how much fun we've been having over this five-week Mayo run you know, it's no surprise. The second we went into lockdown, the Mayo team was back. It was almost like the county board had orchestrated this lockdown. You know, I'm thinking of it more, you know, like a, a five week, you know, just to lock myself in my own room and go completely Mayo mad rather than, you know, level five COVID lockdown. You know, it's been it's just been fantastic and long may it continue and it will continue now we've got three week wait to the next one and then we'll have a final to look forward to as well so you know it really is shortening the winter for the inbreds out there and I think we're just very grateful to have you know such a, a fabulous group of footballers of course but even more importantly just a really nice group of good looking men who are flying the Mayo flag all over the world we're very very proud of them and we're very very hard watching them as well and behind all of of those gorgeous and fabulous men that go out and take the field and of course flanked by their masterminded manger James Horgan they have one of the most handsomest sidelines going look at his little uh, little friend there on the sideline cheeky fade manager he is looking fabulous Mr and Manger I don't think the barbers being closed have had any effects on him because his fade is getting cheekier with each game that comes and goes but behind all of those guys there is a deeply inbred bunch of supporters half bakes not wells like myself and fat larry you're listening to here they are in every corner of the country mayo as james horn would say in all three corners of mayo there is inbreds of the highest order and those guys are going to be celebrating this week celebrating hard because the curse of homely is lifted we know why it's lifted it was lifted by ceremoniously playing Aidan O'Shea at full forward mm-hmm. which is the first time that's been done since 2015 we knew if we played Aidan on the edge of the square and we played a plethora of young players that have the fingerprints of Pat Holmes all over them I know a couple of guys that came out of an under 21 age group that we saw a few years ago fabulous fabulous young fit and fast guys and we've said on this podcast before that James Horan is bringing all his friends from the Westport team onto the Mayo team. But really, in a sense, it's Pat. And we see the effects of that now with the curse being lifted. And what a lift it has been off our shoulders. I feel now that not only is this Mayo team in transition, I'm also in transition. Transitioning from a half-bake to a fully unwell Mayo inbred. I'm almost there. And to touch on what you were saying, Fat Larry... I'd urge the government at this stage not to ease the lockdown restrictions because we don't want Mayo fans congregating too early, chatting about this too much. We get our heads would be so blown by it all that we'd be sure the players would come out losing in the semi-final. So we would urge Tony Hole and the boys, keep us locked down, keep us locked in and let our inbredness continue to thrive at this time. It's absolutely amazing. Like, I mean, back in 16 and 17 and through all the years we've been following this, you know, band of Mayo players who just can't seem to get it done for light, love nor money, you know. At least before, we had the choice. I mean, we, we followed them mindlessly, even though we could have gone anywhere and done anything. 
But this is just such a special time to be a Mayo fan, you know, when you've literally nothing else to be doing with yourself except just talking incredible amounts of shit to whoever will listen to you about this Mayo team. And I think it's just a fabulous time to be an inbred or a fully blown unwell like I find myself as well now at the minute. I've really transitioned a lot now in the last couple of weeks and I mean... If I was under any illusions before the Galway game, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm fairly certain of what I am now. You know, it's it's amazing to think we're Connacht champions again, as you said. Pat's fingerprints are all over it. I mean, luckily, like I mean, Owen McLaughlin is a guy now. He's, you know, he really is the flavor of the month this weather and this pockets in particular. And I think we were calling it before a lot of the other ones as well. You know, I think the records will show that there was no one else. You know, they were talking about other guys when we were talking about this fella. To give you credit, Fat Larry, before a ball was kicked or a man's jersey was pulled, we had predicted that lad to be, in your own words, Fat Larry, one of the greatest half-bakes we've ever produced. And this is before he did a slide tackle on a Galway striker in the last minute of the game. Oh, so yeah. we know exactly what he's about. And we know about these other podcasts out there. Oftentimes they'll be sitting around listening to this and that'll be informing their chats. We don't listen to them. I have to tell you that much. We focus in on our own stuff. We focus on our own craft. We're blocking out the outside noise and Mm -hmm. like this Mayo team we're getting a little bit more cynical this season because in the past one of the things that's been thrown at us is we're too nice we're too nice and on the big podcasts and on the big days we bend over and take it too easy so for now I suppose we're here to change tact and show that little bit of cynicism in our podcasting style the same way as our Mayo boys are showing and in the form of Owen McLaughlin's slide tackle we'd like to put the boot into an unnamed newspaper that makes a podcast. Let's call them... The Mayo Inbreds? The Mayo Inbreds. that's showing them too much respect, really? I wouldn't even give them that at this stage. The after Mayo what they well. did. After what they did to us, Fat Larry. Anyone now that opened a newspaper on Tuesday or Wednesday morning would have been met with shock. The same sort of level of shock that I was met with. I thought it was an absolute disgrace to carry on of them. Using our name and our logo on their front page of their sports... Totally ripping off the brand. That's fine if you want to give us credit. Did we get any credit, Fat Larry? Did we fuck? Not a bit. But then again, we've been doing this for a long, long time now. Getting nothing but solicitor's letters in the post. You know, we've been getting threats. We've been, you know, been, I suppose, on the outskirts for a long time. But, you know, we've done it because everyone knows the truth. And we've been, you know, preaching the truth for a long time now. And I think it was just proven the last day. You know, we see an Owen McLaughlin there and the other lads, the Westport lads, you know. You've got the Pat Holmes spirit animal now inside the Mayo team. Pat was a great wing back. And he's given us the gift now of a fabulous Mayo team that's going to take us all the way, I feel, to an All-Ireland final. And it's all because Pat, with his fingers all over this team, with his fingers all over Edo, as much as he'd like to say that he didn't do it, if it wasn't for Pat, we wouldn't be here. And that's what we've been preaching for a long time. And we, ha- I tell you, we haven't got a red cent for it. But I tell you, it's all worth it now that we've been proven right. And I think that just shows the way other people are talking about us, stealing our stuff. Listen, I never I never went to college. I, I don't even know how to spell the word journalist. But I'm telling you, it just comes naturally to some people, do you know? And in terms of making red sense and in terms of talking about our legal team, the Mayo are back legal eagles will be all over this one. They've only been waiting to turn the boot on someone else and have a go at them. So there'll be a very libelous action coming now from using our trademarked and 
copyrighted name without our permission or without yeah. even giving us a lick of credit. And I suppose, look, we're, we're unqualified journalists doing a fantastic job. Our unqualified uh, solicitor who collected three crisp packets, you know, to become a, a lawyer, he's, he's just as good as his job as well. So if you're out there now and you're, you know, think you were an easy... An easy source of, uh, I suppose, monetized jokes that you could fill some column inches with. You know, I, I think again now. And then you have more people coming out of the woodwork now saying, oh, it's great, all these podcasts, all these Mayo Geek podcasts. It's great to have them. Yeah, 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 yeah. New ones coming on the scene every fucking day of the week. Well, I tell you, they want to pipe down because there's another unnamed podcast that we won't name. And that lad, we taught him everything we know. Fat Larry has forgot more about podcasting than that lad knows about it. I'm telling you, I've wrote a book on this. Mayo GA podcasting, I, we, we, could, we could teach you a thing or two. And I suppose, why not? I'd say the next thing we could do is maybe set up a school and we could charge a load of people to come to it because I suppose that's all anything is about anymore. Don't do it for the fun and don't, don't do it for the crack. You have to do it to get paid. And, you know, I think that's, that's showing now. See, we do it for no other reason than being completely and utterly gone in the head in terms of Mayo football. And I think that kind of shows in the, the content we've been producing over the last few weeks. But it does serve a purpose. Some inbreds have been coming up to me on the street. They've been sending me emails. They've been getting in touch every which way. And they've been saying, do you know, TJ, it's an incredibly cathartic experience listening to your podcast. Because when we hear people as unwell as ye, it makes us feel a little bit better about ourselves. And another thing I put into that same category as well, if any of ye are feeling feeling down or feeling like you need something to watch I'm trying to change my outlook now I used to see the negative in things and now I'm starting to see the beauty in things so for the last four or five years I couldn't watch that video of Donald Vaughan the Ballinrobe native coming in and saying hello to John Small in such a way that he nearly relocated his jaw over to the other side of the Hogan stand that for me was too tough to watch because it brought back a lot of bad memories but now over the last four or five days I've been sitting at the back in the evening time and watching that video on a loop and just seeing, you know, a fellow of John Small's calibre, seeing his face being rearranged in such a way by the, the Castle Bar. Did I say Castle Bar or Ballinrobe earlier on? Castle Bar, man, of course, I should say. I think it's great to see. And I think I hate to go on about it again because I think we're, we've been, you know, we've mentioned them so many times. But if you compare, you know, that incident to the incident which came at the end of the Mayo Galway game at the weekend, when you talk about a guy getting a card, like taking a card and, you know, absolutely, you know, fucking an opposition player you know, for the good of the team. I mean, again, we come back to the young chap from Westport, the half-baked McLaughlin. You know, what an intervention that was. I mean, it was just so well-timed. Um, and we're so, so lucky to have him. So it just shows this how streetwise this team is. And, you know, I'm very excited about it. One thing I do want to say, though, and being very, very genuine here, for once, I would have to say, and echo your sentiments, TJ, there's been some inbreds out there who've had some very kind words to say and who have been very much enjoying the podcast over the last few weeks and I suppose all we could really say at this point is just what an honour and a privilege it is to be able to you know maybe shorten this tough time for people and to maybe you know let that bit of you know steam off and just to kind of let your inbred side out so I hope you're enjoying them and here's hoping there's going to be a fair few more of them yet before we see this side of the crushmas.
And uh, just in relation to, to, to the two of you, you're, you're in as a, as a 50-50 joint managership, would that be correct? At the end of the day, you know, it's not about what you say before you go out. Uh, it's just about going out and making sure they're ready when the ball's thrown in at 3.30. We have um, a very, very experienced group of players who have great leaders among them, you know what I mean, right throughout the pitch or whatever. So, you know, it's not about messages before the players go out on the pitch because, you know, they're, as I've said all along, they're an experienced group of players. At the end of the day, you know, it's not about what you say before you go out. Now, I suppose it's easy to be getting, you know, overly carried away by the, you know, the fabulous performances of our, you know, Mayo Senior men's team, if you want to call them that. But of course, we wouldn't throw that term around, you know, too loosely nowadays. But I suppose we'd like to take the opportunity at this stage of the podcast just to discuss the Mayo ladies, of course, who had a, I suppose... A contrasting weekend to the men in many ways. It didn't go their way in the end. They were playing the Orange Women of Armagh in an All-Ireland qualifier, I think. Now, unfortunately for the girls, it just didn't, you know, it didn't manifest itself for them on the day. TJ, what would you think now as a, you know, as as a keen follower of ladies football, you know, what would you have made of the the, the performance on Saturday evening? I feel uncomfortable when you bring them up in that way, Fat Larry, calling them the Mayo Ladies. Such a sexist term. You are such a sexist pig in a way. It, the Mayo Girlings has always sat a lot better with me. So Girdles. I was watching the Mayo Girdlings and they were they were playing great stuff. Now they were down one or two clubs of players because, well, I mean, you need only go back in time to hear our thoughts on that particular instant. But you can only dance with the girls in the hall. And as Peter Lee says, you can only play the, gir- the girls that are there on the day. And... We respect this man a lot for what he's done for ladies football in the county and the team. We've had some great journeys with them. But this year, they just fell short of the line. The Armagh girls seemed to be able to just hang on to that ball a bit better. And they were a little bit, I don't know, stronger in the tackle. I just felt that some of our accuracy at times, you know, was 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 poor. I think we miss Neve Kelly a lot. And, you know... Oh, you'd really miss her now when she's away. Do you know when she's when she's off playing the the, the footy beyond in the AFL now? You'd you'd miss seeing the likes of them now at a, at, a, at an Alliance League game. You know they'd they'd warm your heart on a cold it's winter a day. Sh- it's a shame. It could be the end of the era because a lot of those girls are going to go down under now in the next couple of weeks. And who knows with the way the rules are changing and stuff? You know we can only hope that. You know, the, the ladies are still allowed to juggle the, the AFL and being pro-athletes with being, of course, unpaid professional athletes in the LGFA, just like their male counterparts as well. So, you know, where that's going to go next, who knows? Now, speaking of crossing codes, Fat Larry, and experimenting with things and trying new things out, I recently experimented with a sport called hurling. I was holding a hurl and a schlitter and I didn't know what to do with myself, but... It was pointed out to me by one of my dear, dear friends and comrades that Mayo have a hurling team and are a hurling county, a stronghold even, as it were. They're in Crow Park this weekend. They're playing again Donegal. They're playing again Donegal. Will Rochi be there? Will Michael Murphy be playing for them? Listen, I don't think it's... 
you know, you might listen to us and think that these lads don't care about hurling or ladies football. I think it's more that we just get so swept away in the euphoria of, of you know, Mayo fever and following the men's team. But you'd be completely right, TJ. The Mayo hurlers are playing an and All-Ireland final. That's what it is. And let's call it what it is. It's a Nicky Rackard Cup final. They're playing against Donegal in what promises to be an empty Crow Park. But they would have always played in front of an empty Crow Park regardless of COVID. So that's not going to bother them. But it is an All-Ireland final. They've had good wins. They bet Monaghan in the first round. Mm -hmm. And they bet Tyrone in the second round. And they bet the mighty Leitrim. In that was a big scalp. In a Nicky Rackard semi-final, in a game I would assume that they didn't expect to win. Not that, you know, I would have a huge knowledge of, of Hurland, but I would have always thought that Leitrim were so shite at football that they must be good at something else. It turns out they aren't. But it's great for the lads. And ha- and a lot of good friends of ours on um, the Mayo Hurland team, there's a lot of inbreds playing on that team that are good, good friends of ours. I know... Um, you know, Brian Hunt there is a big, you know, he's a big Mayo inbred. Um, he's going to be lining out a cornerback the next day. You know, you'll have probably uh, a Fergal Boland's brother, I'm sure, will be playing. And I'm sure, you know, David Kenny, I think, is another, another big inbred as well who'll be playing in that one. So, you know, we'd like to extend well wishes now to the Mayo hurdlers Um who are above in Crow Park now, above in the Dublin uh, on Saturday. And we hope they give Donegal a right flaking. Yeah, it's great to put that out there now, I suppose, to silence some of our critics and some of our crickets who've been having a go recently saying that oh, you're too one, one invested in this Mayo team, you, you're too inbred to open your eyes and look what's going on around you. I think at this stage now we've covered ourselves in ladies, we've covered ourselves in small ball hurling game. And just to rob a couple of phrases from the Sunday game analysis, let's go out there at the weekend, guys, with intensity. And it's the best sport in the world, lad, because yeah. it's the fastest sport in the world, lad. We can do hurling. We can do, we can do everything. We can, we can hurl with the best of them. We can do football, ladies football, hurling, savage intensity, manic aggression, you know. Genderless, high fluid, work, high work rate. Naked hurling. Long, long diagonal ball to the corner forward, cut out the full backs, half bakes, midfield just puck it straight into the full forwards all you need is a goalie and a couple of full forwards because that's all hurling is but nonetheless we don't give a shite you know what it is if it's an all ireland and if there's lads in mayo jerseys running around in the field we're all for it and we'll be watching i think it's on tg Cahar, i think so that the hurlers are getting their due respect in the weekend and we would implore inbreds out there whether you've seen hurling or whether you know what it is or don't know what it is have a look at it and you never know it might suit the demographic of some of the people you know who might follow this podcast and who might be tuning in listen i mean you know if last week was step one on our way to victory this is very much step two as far as i'm concerned because picking up silverware in crow park it's not something you can turn her on or off like a vibrator it's something you have to just keep going with at the at the time. You have to build up to it. So we're going building up with with it a Crow Park win on the hurling soil this weekend, and then on the football from there on in after that. Absolutely, and we can only hope that Fergal Boland is playing for the Mayo Herders at the weekend because he's either that or lost because he doesn't seem to be on the men's team anymore. So please, God, Fergal is on the Mayo. Um, 
hurling team come Saturday and what I would say I suppose TJ we got a bit of flack last week on the podcast me in particular we had a bit of a jibe we had a bit of a go at some of the men from East Mayo now we did suggest here that there was no East Mayo men good enough to play for Mayo but in fairness credit where it's due I don't think any player on the Mayo team playing Donegal the weekend isn't from East Mayo so Credit where it's due, they're doing something with themselves. And frankly, I hope now they manifest themselves all over the turf now in Crow Park the next day. A hundred years on from bloody Sunday. A hundred years today and it could be a bloody good Saturday now for the Mayo Herders, I hope. Merton hit me in an unmeasurable one. Did you deserve it? No, no, no. No. Why? But I got up. You hit him back I didn't hit him back at all. I hit him back with one four. One four? One goal and four points. Come back and fucking zero. Why? Because I was simply the best of the time. I hit him back with one four. I hit him back with one four. I hit him back with one four. You understand that, don't you? One goal and four pints. One goal and four pints. You understand that, don't you? I hit him back with one four. That's one of the reasons. Now we remarkably have gotten this far into the podcast without really touching on the Galway game at all. And we know that listeners are here anything, for really. that high level of clarity and critical analysis and tactical nuance that we provide here at Mayor Back. So let's get into it, Fat Larry. I want to start off with the point that in this, our 69th year of pain, wasn't it a remarkable performance from our number six and our number nine last weekend? Yeah, absolutely. I think we've been waiting for, you know, something to come along, a bit of a spark, you know, that bit of jizz to come from, you know, the next generation. You know, we've been talking about these old men like Aidan and Killian and Leroy, you know. But now we're seeing a new breed of Mayo players coming through. And as you said, 6 plus 9 is 69. And in fairness, we saw Stephen Cohen and Conroy Loftus the last day. Funny you should say the number 69, because by God, they showed some amount of penetration in Salt Hill on Sunday. Like, we've been saying it here for ages. You know, we've seen Stephen Cohen make more penetrating runs into the opposition's half of the field in the last couple of games than we have over the last 10 years that we've seen him as an up-and-coming Mayo player. And I there's think a, the last day, you know, he's, he, he's, he's made that step up. He could be the real thing now. There's a really, really simple explanation for this. And when I didn't hear this from Stephen himself, I actually heard it from Darren. He said that Stephen wasn't a fan of this podcast, which I struggle to believe, but hadn't been listening to it the last three or four seasons, which is understandable. How, Of course you wouldn't like it if you weren't listening to it. No, yeah, very much so, but... At the start of lockdown, you know, we had a bit more time on our hands and we could do whatever we wanted with our hands. He locked himself in a room and he listens to seasons one to three and he heard every single critique and every single bit of encouragement and advice that we offered him. And even in this year where the fans can't be there to offer it on the pitch, he already had gotten it in his own bedroom in through the podcasting. So it's remarkable how he's turned things around, both himself and Conroy Loftitz. Well, Conroy Loftitz is another example as well. He's another guy that's clearly, you know, he's taken something that we've said on board and we, he, you know, he's really going with it full hog. You know, I'd, I'd say, what I'd say about Conroy, over the last few years, like, he, I don't think he seemed to, he doesn't seem to know what he is like 
Yes, he's from Cross Malina, but is he a North Mayo inbred? Mm, it's it's kind of questionable. You know, he's this kind of, he's got that little bit of, I suppose, you know, metropolitan class that you might expect to find from, you know, maybe someone from Westport or maybe even Brayfield, you know. So he's got that little bit of style, but he's also showing that little bit more, you know, inbred grit that you would come to expect from guys like, you know, we'd have seen from fellas from Knockmore, you know, Cross Malina. Kiltane and even places like Moigauna back in the day when of course Pat was lining out for the Mayo team and you know my good friend Fat Larry Finnerty as well you know so I think he's a man reborn he's rejuvenated and he's really given us that bit of penetration and spunk I think that is you know been very much needed along with of course another good friend of ours you know a guy who has never shied away from this podcast and I think that's shown in the way he's always been so good that is of course young, young Matty Ruan he can I jump in for a second Fat Larry by all this means this guy just when you mention Spunk and Jizz it's high time that we mentioned young Matty Ruan and some of the people that have been getting in touch with us this week have been high in our praises for our way of looking at the Matty Ruan situation for example you know we said there two or three weeks ago how tell him Matthew to fuck off mid-game it's one of the purest most beautiful things a Mayo fan can do it's, it's lovely to do it's great to hear we heard James Horan doing it on the first day out against Galway I had said in the comfort of my own home fuck you Matthew five different occasions in the first 15 minutes now what that did was totally change this guy's outlook he went into his own sort of a zone in the second half and you know well that James Horan's bollocking at half time would have been so well received by Matthew. He would have just eaten up that level of praise. You know, when Horan psychologically and verbally abuses him, he would have just eaten that up, turned it into pure positive energy and went out the second half and played as good a game as he's ever played for the county. There There was tears in my eye of pride seeing him running up and down that pitch like a March hare. And... He even fisted one over the bar, Fat Larry, that I know you're a a fisting expert and back in your day you did a lot of fisting, but even you would have been proud of that one. Oh yeah, and you'd have to say, one of the finest performances, in my opinion, a Brafey player has ever put in for um, the Mayo senior team. Like, Matthew is just fabulous. I mean, he's he's a bit of an inbred at heart, really. If you see him going around there, like in the big games, he's going around and he's roaring his head off at lads. You know, he's getting revved up after winning a free. As you said, he's fisting the ball over the bar when there was a clear goal-scoring opportunity on. No. No need. Don't do it. Like, we've had enough Egypts like Andy Moore and trying that for years and putting it wide and all these sort of lads. Like, you just know, get the ball, get it nice and firm in the hand and close the fist and really, you know, fist it, you know, high over the bar, you know. So that's what you need. And I think... You know, this new breed, you know, they're they're all about winning. You know, they're not about going out and, and hunting glory and, and goals. You know, Maddie knows he'd fist the ball over the bar and get the win. And, and that's what we need. You know, I think it's it's just been, it's been fabulous from him. And I, I think, you know, he's my footballer of the year so far. And you know what? He might well be my male man of the decade now, in my opinion, because he's gorgeous. And following up on those two, maybe he'll even win the GEA Footballer of the Week if he hasn't won it already. I think the Half-Bakes have been out voting for them in their droves. He, of course, won the Tash of the Match on RTE when I was watching it. But one more thing that we'd like to allude to about his performance that we were 
stunned by, frankly, and this was on the front of another local paper, the Western Weirdos. There was a picture of himself, himself and his comrade. Two weirdos, all right, you have to say now. Himself and his comrade, Jordan Flynn, and they were performing what could only be described as some sort of upward reverse 69. I think it was alluding to the fact that the 69 years of hurt are about to end and the 69 years of pleasure are about to begin. But to see Jordan Flynn holding Matthew in that upside down, sort of a linear 69, inverted 69 position, it made me proud to be from Mayo, to say the very least. Put it this way, it's not the type of thing you, you know, ideally would like to see first thing on a Monday morning, but... Jesus, I I don't think anyone was complaining about it, really. And it was just nice to see them really mark that special occasion, you know, by performing that, you know, act. I, I think it made the front of the Irish Times as well as the Western Weirdos. So it's, you know, these guys, these guys epitomise everything that we've been talking about. And, you know, I think it's just kind of manifesting in their performances on the field as well, which are, you know, clearly so fluid, you know, penetrating, you know, it's just... Ah, it's, it's great to see. Gender fluid stuff from 1 to 15 and even on the bench as well. But before we get off the topic of the Galway game, one of the things that we want to say, I just have a, written a quick note here. It says, Fat Larry, Galway were fucking shit. Completely shit. Is that worth analysing? Is that worth remembering? As we move on to an All-Ireland semi-final at this stage, should we lose the run of ourselves and say, we're 100% the best in Connacht, Connacht is a high standard, we've got All-Ireland glory in our sights, or should we be pragmatic and realistic here and say that Roscommon, Leitrim and Galway were all wank? Well, put it this way. Some people might be there saying, you know, well, are they going to start looking ahead to the semi-final? Are you going to do a preview of the next big game? And frankly, there's not a hope. No way are we looking ahead to the next game. We're looking back and we're looking within. And I tell you, we have not even talked about Galway yet. But to say Galway were shite in Salt Hill last Sunday would be doing them a favour. Because, my God, some of the football we saw from them the last day was absolutely chronic like I mean you talk about Shane Walsh and I mean you're hearing shite about Shane Walsh this Shane Walsh that listen when push came to shove and the game was on the line Shane Walsh shat himself completely you know and it was more akin to what we would have been used to seeing from you know Mayo teams of years gone by but you know it just shows that this team we have we've got the winner mentality and Galway just don't know how to get it done do you know that was Shane Walsh. I mean, Kieran Malloy came on there in the second half. He looks like a poor man's Oshin Mullen. I mean, his ponytail is just not near as good. You know, not as fabulous, not as quick. You know, listen, I think they're just trying to copy us at this stage. You know, one thing I would say, though, what I was appalled about was the fact that, you know, young Robert Finnerty didn't get a game for goal with the last day. They brought on Damien Comer, who, you know wouldn't be able to f- I don't know he was like he looked he about foot turf he, w- he was about two stone overweight like to think that you have a fabulous guy there like you know young Robert didn't even get a game do you know what I tell him I tell him to come back to Mayo where he might be respected and he might actually get a game and you know what we'd love to have him we look after you right Robert he did a good job for us down there this year on the inside I'd say he was probably rumbled by Porrick Joyce Porrick Joyce saw him going around the dressing room the evening before the game coughing into lads faces he went up and farted over in Shane Walsh's direction he coughed and spluttered on top of Comer he was obviously trying to do the 
the inbred spread and get the COVID in there. But Porrick Choice didn't take too kindly to that and unceremoniously left him on the bench. But like Fat Larry, I'd echoed those calls. Come back and play for me, oh. We could always do it a few good forwards. Absolutely. And I mean, we you can't get enough good forwards. You know, we have loads of them at the minute. But, you know, you have to think as well that we have, you know, forwards there like Aidan and Killian and the likes who are, you know, these guys aren't getting any younger now. You know, they're these guys are you know, pushing 31, 32, 35 at this stage. You know, we, we have to keep thinking ahead and, you know, keep trying to, you know, have the, the wheel turn and, you know, bring in these new players. So if Robert is listening, which I have absolutely no doubt that he is, you know, Robert, we would be delighted to have you back. Um, you know, if you could bring that nice curly perm back to Mayo like like the owl man did, you know, we'd be we'd be thrilled. He could slot in there in that full forward line with Tommy Comroy either side of him, absolutely bombing around the place. This fella, he's like he's a little flyer. He's an absolute cracker, so he is. And Tommy Cool, would you be hearing his name called recently? Tommy, Tommy Cool. And Tommy Cool will be feeling in a cool way this week, sitting at home with Tommy Nestor in his left hand and I couldn't tell you what would be in his right hand. I wouldn't have the slightest idea, but he'll be very chuffed with his first Connacht medal. Oh, definitely. I mean, these are exciting times. Like, I mean, if you look there, you've got, you know, you've got the car, you've got the Conroy and, you know, you've got the cock and they're all diffing around the cone. Like, I mean, if we can get him, if we can get all those lads fit and get them back firing again, like the sky is the limit for this Mayo team. Like, if you look to the half forward line, you've got... Doc is looking well. Mark Morn looking fabulous. Not dropped, as we said, rightly on this podcast, even though everyone else was saying that he was. Rightly or wrongly, we said it. Yeah, you've got Ryan O'Donoghue, you've got Fionn McDonough, and you've even got the poor man's Jeremy O'Connor there in Brian Walsh coming on and getting, you know, a lovely score the last day and, you know, just getting us over the line. So I think these are great times, you know, but we'd always take a few more signings if we could get them, you know, and there would be some young, I'm sure there's plenty of, of young up-and-coming Mayo players out there who are watching this winter football and they're saying, you know, they might want to have a crack now in 2021. So, you know, I think, I, I'm frankly thinking two, the two in a row is on at this stage. Big time. And I'm not Harry. getting carried away. And for those inbreds looking in from the outside, we need only remind them that one or two years ago, Owen McLaughlin was one of those half-bakes and he was sitting on a bike cycling halfway up well, he didn't a even, mountain. He didn't even play football until Pat Holmes knocked him off the bike I think he he knocked him off and took one look at him and said jeez I could make a fabulous footballer out of you your man and was cycling out to the reek and Pat was standing outside Maersk with a football and he just kicked the ball and he still has that, that that accuracy to knock your man clean off the bike took a bump to the head and when he came to who was standing there Pat with a little Westport jersey pulling it over him nursing him back to full health and look at him now he's the, you know he's the talk of the whole country and everyone would love to have him but we haven't so like in Mayo, we've always said that the players we bring through the ranks are not good enough. And we've been the first to always look outside the circle and outside the crop and, you know, lament over rugby players and AFL players and now cyclists. But furthermore, let's let's open the net even further. Is there anyone who's very good at darts that might come and provide a bit of a cool finish up top? Is there anyone from Mayo that's good on the snowboarding or the skiing circuit could they be able to bring that little bit of extreme energy to our midfield area around Julian's of midfield in particular mm, well where I've, we've been lacking we have well we've been lacking ever since Julian in midfield has kind of stepped away from the team in recent years and I think that's a void that we'll be looking to you know we'll need to fill that going forward another you know I suppose position though in this Mayo team that is dividing opinion and is you know it's a real topic of discussion amongst inbreds is you know our goalie you know of course Gary the David Clark now 
listen, I think, you know, watching this guy playing, you know, for me, David Clark just epitomizes what this whole Mayo thing has been about over the last few years. Like on one, on one hand, like one minute Gareth Clark is, you know, he's as safe as a house. You know, he's rising up, he's fielding ball over the posts. You know, he's, you know, he's giving the ball a stern talking to, he's questioning it. You know, he's putting it into custody in those big gloves of his under his armpit, you know, and he's just, he's as safe as a house. And then, kick out time. Oh my goodness. A David Clark kick out, like, nothing epitomises the roller coaster of following Mayo football than watching David Clark kick out a football. Do you know, like, he's putting the ball there on the tee and, you know, you can just feel, there, it's it's just getting built up, you know, he's waiting for it, he's waiting, you know, you're, the, the, the short kick out is on, but David doesn't want to kick the short kick out. He's looking to hit a high floater to the middle of the field, causing absolute anarchy, like there's bodies everywhere, there's a break on, there's a, a seven on one break when the feckin' they all slip on their hole, like, on one hand he's great. But on the other hand, you know, he'd make you shit yourself, wouldn't he? I suppose it's unfortunate that in his very few years playing with Mayo, the kickouts nationally have not changed in any way, shape or form. And, you know, Kate Curran is a man we've mentioned in the last few podcasts. He's a man that used to put the ball down on the rock and drive it high and wide as far as he could. And, you know, David Clark would have brought that similar philosophy to his time in the goal with Mayo. He, he came from the Finton Kickfather Ruddy school of thinking, you know, boot the ball as far as you can, just close your eyes, kick it out there and hope that the players will win it. But as we said, like when he started he would have been playing with, you know, big burly men like David Brady. He might have even played with Liam McHale. You know, he was kicking to Aiden and Diora Marsh, Diora from Marsh. His clo- at club level, he would have kicked a lot of ball out to him around the midfield. And, of course, Big Barry Moran as well, he used to be able to flap his big wings high and catch those kickouts. So I suppose back in those days it worked, you know, when you had those big, fabulous men, Parsons being another one. But now I think we're dealing with a different type of Mayo player. You're dealing with, you know, a more, you know, elegant flower of a type of midfielder. You know, in I suppose Matty Ruan there, like, it's kind of... He's a bit of a softer touch, really. Now, that's not to say he doesn't get the job done, but you kind of have to, you know, you have to nurture these guys and you kind of have to mm. put it on a plate for them. You know, so I think, um, you know, but there'll be time enough for that. You know, I'm sure we'll find a keeper, a boring keeper, who'll keep all of our kickouts. And frankly, I'm just really reveling in this, you know, kind of a lottery that the kickouts have become for Mayo. I think it's just, it, it really adds to the fun and the enjoyment of watching this team. And on the topic of an old, old man playing for Mayo, we were very pleased and very, I don't want to use this word in the incorrect setting, but quite frankly, aroused by a video of Kieran McDonald, which surfaced at the weekend. Kieran Mack, standing in around the 40, 45 absolutely pinging the ball over the bar for fun with that wand of a left boot. How that man can sit in the stand and watch the game being played like it is today, it must make him sick to the back teeth in his stomach that he's not out there flying around the pitch like he could be, mm. like we know he could be. Well, we just, we described him here on the podcast before. He's like a blonde-haired Jesus, this guy. Mm. Like, you know, he's he's got all the skills. He can do it all. 
and has done it all except win, of course, in All Ireland. But that's beside the point, you know. But you can really see that that touch of class on the sideline now is kind of, you know, it's really rubbing in. Like I mean, you know, it's great to see the likes of Aiden now. You know, they can't really question him, or they can't really say, you know, that he's not a good enough coach to have now because you you couldn't really get a better coach if you tried. So I suppose it's nice to see those lads are being kept in line. Um, you know, he offers so much, and you never know if push comes to shove now in a few weeks time you know would he have a few minutes in him and there's a lot of cracked inbreds out there who love saying that line you know and, and I'm sure he's got many years ahead of him you know he could play give us five minutes and, and, and you know he might get his All-Ireland medal yet and I don't know about you Fat Larry but had I you know been at any of the games this season or if I could go to this Shamey file and whenever it comes up you know I'd be at the back of the stand just from about the seventh or eighth minute in, I'd start this sort of roaring, bring on McDonald's! I'd be screaming my head, I'd be beside myself calling for him to come on. And I suppose that brings us on nicely to the topic that having no fans at the Mayo games is standing to us so much. If I think this will be the news story and the main headline from 2020 is this discovery that the Mayo fans were the reason that the team were being held back for so long. And I hope the fans are really appreciating and understanding that in no uncertain terms that it was your fault all along. Your male fears that you've never quite unpacked and gotten over. You brought them into every big game in Crow Park. You let that seep down through your trousers onto the pitch and into the male players' minds. And you saw how that affected them. But we're not here to point fingers or put fingers into the male fans. We're here to say, you know, we're like ye. We're coming to terms with this as well. And all we can do is little by little, let these boys go out and play in their own way. And we should say that we love these lads. I know questions have been asked over some of our choice comments in the past, but I didn't know how much of a little boost I needed. There might be a podcast this season where we call for an abandonment of the entire county GA championship structures because we said it was a frankly a waste of time. That's all forgotten about now. We're simply in love with this Mayo team again, and it's great to see. And it's not just as a football team either. Make no mistake about it. You know, there's something there now. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just the the Mayo fever or whatever it is taking over. You know, I mean, the last day, I really couldn't even make out, you know, who was a Galway player and who was a Mayo player because all I saw was just red and green all over the screen. You know, it was just one big, massive blob. I was kind of in a... A sort of state of trance for the 70 minutes and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there listening to the podcast now who'll be able to empathise with those sentiments but as you said you know that kind of you know you know that kind of blind you know fear and anxiety that has you know overcome Mayo supporters over the last number of years as we you know go along this journey you know that does manifest itself down onto the field in, in many ways and as we've seen in the past, it manifests itself into the commentary box as well, you know, as good friends of ours will be able to, you know, you know, they'll admit to that themselves that, you know, even in positions of power, you know, nobody is, you know, nobody's immune to this fever. This, you know, it's it's contagious, it's dangerous and you have to be careful. So I suppose it's great now that we, I suppose, maybe put the Armeo team into a little pod as such and kind of isolate them as it were from from, from us from from us basically like it it's god you could almost suggest that we the Mayo fans are the virus and it's about you know protecting the players from that virus now for the next few weeks then and again fat larry could we be any other way given the curses and given you know the curses we've had on ourselves from this particular team that we're following 
can you blame us for being any less fucked up than we already are? Frankly, well, like, I mean, I think it's lucky that we're even able to sit up in our seats at this stage after what we've gone through over the, the, the last, you know, two or three decades. It's It's not been an easy road, but, you know... It could be coming to an end now soon, but we're not going to look ahead because there'll be another podcast up the road for that one. It's all about just kind of living in the moment, not looking ahead, just not getting complacent. If you're looking at the next game, you're getting complacent. You should be taking each day as it comes by this stage. And I'd implore any Mayo fan that is taking this thing seriously that on Sunday you need to sit down on your couch, pick a game of choice from the Mayo annals and go back and relive it. And support the Mayo team, just like you've done the last two Sundays in a row. You don't want to be taking a week off here now, going in cold into the semi. You don't want to be going into the semi with just a semi. You want to be going in there, hard as nails, ready to rip roar right from the get-go. Absolutely. And week on, you know, the week-on-week football, we can clearly see it suiting the team. Week-on-week podcasting is clearly suiting us, and it's really suiting some half-bakes out there. They're just loving the, the weekly, you know, dose that they, they need just to kind of keep them going. So we would obviously implore the fans out there just to, to stay sharp, not to take the eye off the ball. You know, there's some great games out there, you know, you could watch, you know, you could watch... Uh, you know, an old Mayo-Dublin game or you could watch the Mayo-London-Connock final from a few years ago when, when Killian got the hat-trick, you know, and that you never know, that stuff could kind of manifest itself into a, another hat-trick in the semi-final in a few weeks. So it's it's this kind of, you know, shit you need to be doing now to just prepare yourself and to make sure you're you're not coming in cold now to the the big game. And I think it's the 6th of December is our next day out, would I be right or...? There are thereabouts, but as you said, Fat Larry, we're not thinking that far ahead. We're very much living in the moment. And I know when you mentioned the half-bakes there that we have a little bit of housekeeping to keep up with at this stage. We need to readdress ourselves, reinsert ourselves, and say to the listeners, the loyal listenership and followership of Mayo are back, thank you. In particular to those of you who have signed up as the Cordia, Mayo are back. Your support means the world to us. We were going to take a word from our sponsors until we realised that you, the listeners, are our sponsors, and we're very much your spokespeople. So when we take a word from our sponsors, we just take a word from ourselves, really. So, Fat Larry, should you listen to this podcast? Oh, by God, I would be imploring any, you know, half-baker inbred out there, or even someone who hasn't been diagnosed yet, just to get them on this podcast. Proven over the last couple of weeks, it's it's just hitting the spot for a lot of people out there now, and I think that's kind of... That's showing in the team's performances, I think. You know, it's it's just showing that so many of them are listening to it. You know, it's just having the desired effect. And I would implore anyone, you know, who's maybe at a bit of a loose end and doesn't know what to do with themselves, get on the podcast. And as we said, just thanks to the listeners, because I suppose this is why we do it. You know, you're the reason we're sitting here manifesting ourselves all over the microphone week in, week out, you know. So we're doing it for you. And we're happy to do it. And we'll say to all new listeners out there, if you want to make that step up, as it were, the transition from half-bake to full-bake, all you have to do is get onto our DMs on Instagram or on Twitter and give us a shout, and we'd be happy to sort you out as a cordia Mayo are back. We might send out one of our limited edition, beautiful, wonderful cordia Mayo are back cards, which have been flying around the county like David Drake, flying around the midfield third, They've been delivered into people's chests like a Davy Clark chip out. And a lot of people are getting in touch and saying they love them. And I suppose we'd like to ask the inbreds and the half picks, what do you do with yours? 
because, you know, uses for them are few and far between. We said a lot of people had them out there when they were watching the game last weekend, but we'd like to know what sort of novel or interesting little things are you doing with your card? Do get in touch and let us know. The cards, of course, are unbelievable quality and they come from adc.ie. The Plastic Card Specialists. Up Mayo. Up Mayo, indeed. And Up Mayo, as we always say, wherever you go. And I think it's... You know, a good time in the podcast just to remind people of that. You know, it's it's a, it's a very useful one. And now more than ever, you need to be shouting up Mayo. You know, whether you're it's in public, you know, if you're in a bunch of strangers or a supermarket, just let out the odd occasional up Mayo. And I'm sure, like, chances are someone nearby will be from Mayo as well and they'll shout back. And, you know, it's that kind of goodwill now and positivity we need. And that's what's going to get us over the line. Up Mayo, wherever you go. And... Following on from that sentiment, one of the things we've been clapping ourselves on the back over all week long is this kind of new philosophy that we stated last week, and that was, fuck the dubs. That has been received so well, Fat Larry. So many, that resonates with so many people the length and breadth of yeah, Ireland. Definitely. Not just in our own country. When you say fuck the dubs, that means so much to the inbreds and the culties everywhere. Yeah, and, and it's I mean, so true. We're speaking for you know cultures all over Arnold. You know, and we're echoing those sentiments on the podcast because I think you know people are just right fed up with the dubs now, and I think it would be no better Christmas present for you know inbreds in Mayo or in any other the the provinces around the country. You know, to see the dubs getting bent over now and turfed out of the championship, and you know, frankly, I hope it's us that do it. You know, I, I really do hope they don't get knocked out in the meantime. You know, you don't want to see Rachi now going knocking them out with Donegal it, it needs to be us we're the ones to do it and I frankly can't wait now until we go and beat the dubs on Christmas Eve but as I said I'm not looking ahead I'm just looking within and looking back and I'm not getting carried away well without looking ahead let's just picture a little Mayo manifestation now at this point if all the listeners want to close their eyes and just think for a moment Christmas Christmas 2020 featuring Sam on the mall Edo's sack is full of Sam. Mayo inbreds are shouting and cheering and social distancing and social fisting. And just they're beside themselves and besotted with overjoyment and overcome with excitement. And just let that sink in and take a few deep breaths and think about that every morning and every evening. And that's the little bit that we can do as fans to help this team now. And if, if you know, Mayo do the job now, which I've no doubt they will. Do the job, Mayo! It, we will affectionately known, Christmas will be forever known as Christmas Barrett, I think, is what we're going to, you know, dub Christmas forevermore if we can get the job done now. And, you know, I think we've got our we've got our lucky Christmas on our side and we've obviously got our Joyeux Noel as well. You know, Noel Kennelly, who mm-hmm. would, of course, extend good wishes to as he's listening to the podcast this evening, you know. So I think, I think everything, as we said here, it's just... It's coming up Mayo this weather and I think that the omens are quite good, I think. I'd implore the inbreds to get into the attic, get the Christmas decorations down. It's almost that time anyways. Beside them, you'll see the September Mayo GA decorations. Bring them down to fuck as well and merge the two of them together. I myself am going for a theme of a Christmas tree featuring all Mayo bunting and only green and red baubles or baubles that are 
shaped like Pat Holmes's head. Well, two of the most unwell times of the year. One is when the Mayo songs get released around August, early September, when Mayo are contesting the final. And, of course, Christmas. And, I mean, the thought of just having Christmas Mayo carols, like, being able to merge the two, like, I'm just so excited to see what inbreds the county-wide will come up with. You know, I'm sure the national schools are going to be, you know, hard at work now, coming up with all sorts of, you know, fabulous initiatives and stuff like that. And I think it's just going to be, you know... It's going to be like all our Ballyhanes coming together this year now. Do you know, I think it's going to be wonderful. I heard of one national school in particular where they had the sixth class in there coming up with Mayo songs and they had the fifth class in there coming up with Mayo memes. I'm sure down in third or fourth, there's probably two lads doing a podcast. You know, it's great to see the impact that not this team has had, but we've had on the culture and the inbreds all around the country. You know, they're taking it in their stride and they're using this unwellness in a productive way. This is an unwellness podcast, if nothing else. And we're telling you here, guys, if you're suffering or you're struggling, you're feeling down, go make a little Mm. funny Mayo meme and send it to us. Go for it. You never know how far it could go. Well, one of my favourite Christmas songs is Oh Come Let Us Adore Him. You know, I always loved that one. You know, Mm. I thought it was a fabulous song. But it never really made full sense to me because the man who I adored the most, of course, was Tom Parsons. So the fact now that I can sing Oh Come Let Us Adore Him while also looking at pictures of Tom Parsons in a Christmas hat lining up for the Mayo team, you know, I think that's just incredible. You know, I just can't get the image of, you know, the Mayo players walking around the parade, you know, behind the Artane Boys band, all dressed up in Santee suits and then stripping them off and having nothing on underneath it except from their real tight Mayo shorts and then going out and just you know, absolutely manifesting themselves all over the AIG blue dubs and, you know, ending this, I think the real curse, the real curse is, you know, AIG stranglehold on the All-Ireland Senior Football Championship. Forget about 1951 or 69 or any of that. That's the dirty, rotten curse that needs to be ended now. Dirty scum. That's all they are now, those bastards above an AIG, the blue birds and the blue dicks. And I can't wait now for Mayo to be the ones that, you know, end the misery because it's been nothing but misery now since about 2011 at this stage. This is the year, Fat Larry. We need to get in, get Sam and get out quick because you can be sure the GEA's reaction to another county outside of Dublin winning, Sam, will be to pump another 50, 60-odd million into the dubs, pumping them from all angles with money. Like, that amount of cash... If you pump that money into Kieran Wheel and his head blow up, and it's, you know, it's all of them. It's Bertie Ahern, Jim Gavin, Pat Gilroy. To look at Conor Callahan, he was only a small lad and then they went and pumped 15 million into him. And look at the size of him now. Like, he's just pumped with money and all sorts of God knows what else. You know, all probably illegal stuff, I'd say, no doubt. But, you know, I think this this Mayo team is pure and it's fabulous. It's beautiful. It's fluid, you Gorgeous. know, gender fluid. And I think it's absolutely great to see. And it's making the Mayo fans' mouths water whatever which way, very much so indeed. I've stepped out onto the pitch many times to represent Mayo. The people of Mayo deserve a voice that's willing to fight and call out wrongdoing in their interests. I'm Alan Dillon. I'm Alan Dillon. I'm Alan Dillon. And I'm asking for your number one vote. I'm Alan Dillon. And I'm asking for your number one vote. I'm Alan Dillon. Oh no! And I'm asking for your number one vote. Oh no! So, so awful. Oh, this is just cruel. What do we have to do? So, so awful. 
You know, this is a culmination of a, of a couple of a couple of weeks hard work. It's cruel. It's like getting an awful injection, and it's not stopping. It's just keeps on yeah. going. Now we opened up the inbred message line to our core Jamea we're back this evening via email and we've got a couple of very pertinent questions just a few in but we want to deal with them we want to give a bit of closure and clarity to these guys who are wondering the first up is and it's an interesting question it's not a question I'd ask myself it's not something I'd be given out about it's something I'm very happy about but Fatlar you could shed some light on this why are the players shorts so short lately? I've noticed the same um, like I was just blown away really by you know how how short these shorts are this season I mean and it's it's kind of you know the way I've always looked at it is you know the the shorter the shorts really you know the better the performance of the team I think it's just very much it, it gets inside the opposition's minds I mean if you're a Galway player and you see you know Oshin Mullen coming at you with a pair of tight shorts on him like you're kind of you're distracted from the ball really you know you're more concerned about how gorgeous he is and, and you know maybe trying to get your trying to just get your hands on him really you like you're you're not even worried about the ball you're more worried about him and like by the time you know he gets to you the ball is gone and you're just completely infatuated by looking at his big arse so like you know you're right fat larry the socks are very short this year the shorts are very short this year i suppose the male players they're focused on something else they're not thinking about these things it means on the pitch that they're just having a ball and hopefully we'll be able to see one of those balls before the season is over as you said, the shorts are short, the socks are short, and the legs are very brown. And that brings us on to our next question perfectly, because the other question that came in, and it came in from a very pleading nature. This guy has obviously spent a lot of time thinking about this, for good, bad, or whatever, which way, and he's very worried about this. So he's asking us, Fat Larry, do we know what type of tanning beds Tommy Conroy and Kieran MacDonald use? Well, I know for a fact, because he's been on the, the squad a long time now, I know Aiden. he's kind of into the glove. He has the tanning glove that he likes to rub on himself. But Tommy Conroy, is kind of, he's in this new breed now, this kind of young player, and he's obviously has a different approach to, you know, tanning himself. Like, I can only assume, you know, he's he's on the he must be on the beds now quite often. You know, I'll be honest, it's not something that I'd be overly familiar with myself being, you know, as inbred as I am or whatever you know I would always my tan would have been from the bog and if there was a bad year on the bog you just stayed pale for the winter but these new breed now they've just got every kind of which way of manifesting a tan on themselves so I'm, I'm thinking it's something we must ask Tommy himself and I'm sure he'd be delighted to answer it when he comes on the show we'll have to ask him that thank you for your questions as always guys if you have any more any opinions comments anything to throw at us at all get in touch via the Instagram or the Twitter now, I suppose at this point, there's very much nothing left to do, only to wish you well, inbreds. Uh, have no fear. We'll be back next week for our preview podcast. As you can probably tell, we didn't get down to talking about the meat or two veg of the Cork or Tipperary game on today's show. We're waiting for that result to come out. We'll have that one with you for next week. The only thing we'd like you to do now is keep your eyes peeled for a very exciting, interesting development coming soon. The Mayo are back Christmas collection postcards. Please keep your eyes peeled to the page because there'll be some very appealing opportunities for inbreds to jump all over. And Fat Larry, I'll leave the last word to you, my inbred friend. 
Thanks very much, TJ. No, it's it was very kind of you now, and it's been another good one. A whirlwind. There's been a lot to talk about between, you know, Mayo Fever, you know, the Connacht title, hurling, ladies football. We covered all the bases here this evening on the on the podcast. And I suppose just on the weekend that's in it, we'd like to wish all the best now to the inbreds from the Mayo Hurling team. And we hope now that they manifest themselves into Nicky Rackard Cup winners on Saturday and we'll be tuning in and up Mayo and Mayo do 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 Good score buddy! Good ya, buy ya! This is heartbreaking. It's a free from Terry right in the middle of the pitch. Who's been fouled? Brian Sheehan. Who's the person who'll take it? Brian Sheehan. Who's the best long-range kicker on the Kerry team? Brian Sheehan. He has stolen a yard or two. Watch him. He's stealing yards. He's stealing yards. He needs to get back. Get back. That's Kerry Hurism as they want to look at Brian Sheehan. What those in capital letters? Kerry to win it with Brian Sheehan. Sheehan, he oh, goes, yes, oh, it's all over. 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 It's